Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of the Eterna podcast. I'd like to make a note here that this session, there was something going wrong with my mic. So uh, this episode, as well as the next couple episodes, my personal audio quality is not going to be very good. And I do apologize for that. Uh, At some point in the future, I may redub over it. Uh, Let's get into this session where there's a little bit of table finder in the beginning and then Leaf and Adira uh, come together with a private meeting of their own and discover a few things about each other. Let me introduce you to episode 17, Leaf and Adira going deeper. So last time on, on Dungeon Ball Z, the, the party had, uh, in the past, or in a dream, depending on how you look at it, uh, had defeated the Commander Mansfield. And they woke up and went gallivanting throughout the, uh, throughout the keep, having discovered the combination to reach the upper floor, uh, from said dream, and explored a little bit, finding the commander's corpse, uh, long since decayed, as well as his room of artifacts unmolested. You used a large mahogany, uh, table to bridge the gap on the broken bridge, and retrieved a bunch of shit. Like an obscene amount of shit. You, as a group, or at least a couple of you, wanted to take this fucking 20-foot table with you. So yes, we'll start with that. How are you going to get the table to the cart? My first question is, is does anybody have any carpentry skills? Got shit tons. Um, I have sculpting skills that in a way it's carpentry or it could translate to carpentry how confident are you in your ability to sculpt a cart out of this table <laughs> that, that, that may be beyond my capabilities I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I can, well, we're going down I, this way I have ranks in profession baking so I can just bake the table into a cart right <laughs> Do you have profession baking or restaurateur? Baking, unfortunately. So it's a little bit Does anybody have profession restaurateur? No, I was going to take that next level. He's waiting until level 7 for that, for when he takes leadership. So. (laughs) Alright. I have oodles of carpentry. If you need some wheels, I'm your man. Um, how solid is this, um, table, Sean? Is this, is it, like, assembled with, like, proper carpenter's glue? Or um, would we be able to uh, disassemble it into various points? It is carved from a single massive piece of mahogany. Ah, but that just makes it so much more valuable. That just makes me want it even more. I love our rogue. It's great. Um... Okay. <laughs> so what are we gonna do? Okay. I imagine I I guess you could take the legs off. Like I don't imagine the legs are actually like carved into it. They're they're probably No attached. legs are staying on. Um okay. Just grabbing my uh Uh 
Huh. Okay, can you guys can you guys see that? Uh, let's see. Uh, hit, hit, on. Strange dancing squiggle. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm just testing to make sure that you guys can actually like see what I'm drawing here. Okay. So, um, so what I want to do here is, um, I'm going to be making. So we have a cart. Is it a, a, a one wheel or two wheel cart, Sean? Two. Two wheel. Um, so, sorry, one axle or two axles. What I meant. Two. Uh, I, I know what you meant. Okay, cool. So we have our cart here, yeah? And then we have rope going over here. And we're going to tie each of those ropes to part of our table leg, okay? Which is going to be facing downwards. And then what we're going to do is we're going to get two logs and we're going to screw them in at the bottom. And it's going to form basically two skis for the table <laughs> and we will drag it um to our destination this is an adorable ms paint drawing i gotta tell you <laughs> <laughs> and what we're gonna do yeah. is for the skis as well we're gonna curve them upward like real skis would be um so that way if they like sort of like hit anything um it just kind of like bumps over them and then the tree the, the skis themselves are the ones that are going to be getting uh, uh, be, be taking the, the brunt of the damage and I figure that shouldn't take too much carpentry skill uh, this is this is a wonderful plan but it, it has one big failing no it doesn't stop <laughs> it lying does. nobody likes a liar the, the, the one big failing is how are you going to get the table to the cart Oh, that's the easy part. Okay, so. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, um, so we go down here. See where the, the mahogany table is right now? Yeah. Okay, so since I have, um, so going back to our illustration here. So we have, it is currently, so we have two ledges here, right? And we have a table here, uh -huh. right? That's sort of like bridging the gap. Yeah. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take said table, we're going to pull it back, okay? Uh -huh. And then we're going to rotate it like uh -huh. this. And we are going to turn it into a ramp. And then I'm going to jump down, slide down. We're going to grab the table. It's going to go back down to its lower level. And then we're going to slide it to the next edge. And we're going to do the same thing. Okay, so that will take you into the... Uh, into the eastern uh, area of the keep, though. Yes. Not the southern area where you need... Well, whatever, we'll go around. There's a giant fucking wall! Well... <laughs> where there's a will, there's a way. I'm sure there's a door somewhere. Do you... Do you, uh... Do you maybe want to, like, uh, go downstairs and plan our route first? Yes, okay, I'm, I'm okay, for, for, for the sake of this. For the sake of e expeditiousness, I'm going to turn this into a skill challenge. Who wants to play? I do. I think, I think Riley's all about trying to figure this out. <laughs> okay. He loves so, Clark's I mean, enthusiasm. If, if the group is committed, I will commit, sure. And this we is, might need... This is stupid, but you yeah. need stupid to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Sir Carpenter Leaf reporting for duty. All right. 
Amazing. <laughs> Adira and Foresight. Adira thinks this whole thing is ridiculous, but the peasants look like they're having fun, so she will help. This is a nice freaking table. Like when we get to the camp, I'm not even sure we should sell this thing. I think we should like keep it for a future headquarters. <laughs> Riley's um, probably sold. That like, how thinking. often do you see like a freaking twenty foot table carved out of one giant piece of mahogany? Hardly ever. Can probably buy a small kingdom for this, small goblin kingdom, but a kingdom nevertheless. <laughs> small goblin kingdoms made of broken pots and shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, anybody can choose to do one of these checks. Uh, you're going to need uh, you're going to need six successes before you meet three failures. Uh, so. Uh, the first check is going to be, uh, and once somebody goes, they can't go until everybody else is gone. So, uh, first we are going to need a strength check. Okay. Um, which Foresight did volunteer for that, uh, in the chat. Uh, he said, be right back. Yeah, he said uh, you could roll, roll one if needed. Okay. Well, what about uh, assisting in these checks? Uh, if if you do if you assist, uh, then you lose your turn in it. Sure, but in, until everyone else takes a turn, right? Right. So, but if we all assist for every check, that's like a plus twelve <laughs> to everything. Um, I'm gonna allow one person to assist okay. per round. And- <laughs> Perfectly fine. I agree to these terms, sir. <laughs> that's, that's also a way to get everybody to be able to do every check, because if everybody assists, then it resets every time. That's a great loophole. So well, we have to have six successes uh, before we have three failures. So at three failures, what, the table breaks or something? Probably. Something happens. Okay. Or it gets stuck and we actually can't move it forward at all. It just it stops. It becomes an immovable rod. Right, right. Um, so uh, Box had a decent strength, right? He does. And I think Foresight had a pretty okay strength. He had a ten. Foresight got yeah. a ten. Let Box roll. I think that assists. Uh, Box will assist. Yeah. Or is, is somebody else hopping in? Well, if uh, if Box is the stronger character, he should probably lead. All right, let's. Bam! That's an eighteen, so total of twelve. Total of twelve. Unfortunately, uh, when when Box goes to lift on the uh, other side, he kind of yanks it out of out of Foresight's hands, and the table uh, clap. It does proceed down onto the next platform, uh, but it cl- does so not very gently, and it clatters heavily. Don't you thud. put that on box? It was all foresight. It was, it was foresight's scrawny muscles, uh, <laughs> which are, I think, fairly comparative to box's strength, but still. What's the next skill check? Uh, the next skill check. 
is engineering. Ooh, okay, ooh, we're another thing. Engineer. Another thing I was thinking of. Any of our spellcasters have the spell guidance for a nice plus one to skill checks? No, no one. Any of our spellcasters have the spell mending to fix any like scuffs and scratches. I have mending. Oh, perfect. Have, so that's I your job. Mending. Should really trade out mending for guidance to get a little bit more breadth of spells. I'll take it. No one has guidance. That's good. That's fine. Uh, hold on. I gotta check foresight sheet. He does not have guidance. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So uh, engineering, right? Engineering. Yes. Boy, do I not have that. Technically, I, know... I can do it untrained, but then yeah, I'm I have... around for carpentry. I have dungeoneering. Like, it's it's got oneering in the in the word. It's, it's close, isn't it? So I, I'm guessing Leaf has to do this one then. Either, either that or you pass. Alright. I don't want that, right? Hit! <laughs> God, that's a 12. That's a 12. So. I'll try to. Uh, you, you try to facilitate an, an easy descent of the table into the courtyard. Uh, but it, it's, it's flawed and you end up dropping it on its end and it'll it'll careen over and, and splat into the mud oh no whatever we can wash it all i can <laughs> think about is that friends episode where they're trying to move the couch and ross is just standing there going pivot <laughs> no i've got uh more experience raising bars barns than lowering tables sorry <laughs> all right uh as the long next... as it doesn't splinter across the top, I think we'll be fine. And for that to happen with the table this sturdy, I think we would have to feel catastrophic. Well, we have one more failure before something like that happens, so... So, this this next section I will leave open to, uh, open to the group to figure out, but you are currently in a, uh, in a courtyard on the eastern side of the keep. There is a tall wall uh, further east from you, and the keep itself. And yes, there is a door, uh, but probably you would face the same issue of maneuvering it inside as you would uh, from from the upper floor. So I'll leave this open for anything uh, y'all want to try, uh, so long as it makes sense. Only I was stronger. I have an idea. Theoretically, you could tie the table to me, and I could just climb the wall. You have a climb speed now, right? Yes, yes, I do. But I don't, I don't know how strength would function into that because it's, I imagine it's a heavy table. How Probably sturdy is this wall, Sean? Uh, pretty damn sturdy. It's a protective wall that's <laughs> ten feet thick. Okay, so it's not like crumbling into pieces. Is what I was getting at. No, like some of the outer masonry not, might not be the most stable, but the the core of the wall certainly is. Okay, so it's still holding strong. Can you scratch that idea? Um, how tall is the wall? Uh, fifteen to twenty feet, depending on which section of the wall. Okay, so what you're telling me is that the uh, uh, at at a point that we can reach, the table itself is actually longer than the wall is tall. Yeah. All right, so. That's exactly what we're going to do then, is we're going to get somebody to climb up. Alright. Somebody give me a climb check. I, I climb. 
I have a climb speed. Okay, so make me a climb check still. You get plus eight for having a climb speed. Yeah. Believe in you. That is a 22, sir. You will successfully climb up the wall. For, for those of you who haven't seen this yet, because this is new, I would actually walk up to the wall, put my hands on it, and my hands would become part of the wall, and then I would do the same with my feet, and then I would just climb the wall. As in, like, glide up the wall, or...? You know, I don't really know. The, <laughs> the way it is described as your connection to the earth, uh, you use your connection to the earth to melt slightly into the stone. Yeah, I would definitely just picture your character just, gl- like, merging your hands and feet into the wall and then just gliding up. While making airplane noises the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are able to make it to the top of the wall. Um... And I think with the group, they can lean the, uh, lean the table up. Uh, so now I would like a, one moment. Now I would like somebody to make a survival check. Does Loic have survival? I'm not sure that he does. He does not. Well, anybody can make it. Riley also doesn't have survival he just has his whiz mod did everyone else so is it just on uh riley and lark at this point yeah i believe i've already gone so i can't i haven't gone yet but i get a big fat zero to survival okay um then since riley has the plus one i'm assuming that he can take lead and maybe one of you can assist for maybe a potentially plus two um i'll roll an assist i don't know if it'll do any damn good well we'll find out Riley's survival is a 20. A 20. Okay, so with the 20, you are able to tell that uh, for a moment uh, you should hold off on uh, on pushing the table up as a nearby lightning strike uh, flashes. Um, and so uh, Lark Yes. Uh, you are the only one remaining who hasn't done something. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you like to do in this situ- in this situation? Okay, so like, are we hefting this table up the cliff and then um, Riley tells everybody to stop? Uh, yes, and then a lightning flash goes off, and he's like, "Okay." Okay. Um. What? Why are we stopping? I'm assuming we're not the tallest vantage point. I'm assuming that there are still trees that go higher than where we would be going and that the keep itself is probably significantly higher. Because um, there was a lightning strike right right then. He, he's, he's confirmed that it's fine to go now. Oh, we're dodging lightning. Got it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, cool. So, um, yeah, I guess we're going to, um, to keep going. Um, and... Let me see what I have for relevant skills here. Um, I can appraise the shit out of this table. I don't think that will be helpful. <laughs> and I can, can sense moto, so if it's a tree, it's fucked. <laughs> can you can you knit it a letter? How, how about this? Uh, you get up on the wall with with Brock to, to I, hoist this thing. Actually, uh, I, I, sorry, go ahead. I I, I I I had an idea of what I could do, but okay, go go ahead. Um, I was actually going to go onto the other side, and I was going to um, um, knit basically a sling uh, to assist basically 
uh, sending this thing down um, using some of the local vegetation and vines. Um, so basically, um, let me let me get my trusty visual aids here as I explain it. So we have the wall, okay, and then uh -huh. we have said table, and then we have a tree. Uh huh. All right. Now somebody goes on top of the tree. And then what they do is using my knit vines, they sort of attach onto the table leg um, those vines, which we lower down. And then to make sure that the table doesn't come clattering down, um, they um, uh, they basically like hold it and pull it in, uh, preventing that from happening. So assuming they don't fall out of the tree, um, this should work. All right. So. Give me one of the following. Okay. A strength, climb, or... Uh, shit, where'd it go? Give me a strength, a climb, or a... Survival check. <laughs> I have none of those. Okay, um... <laughs> so, my best would be survival. I rolled a 10. All right. So you set this up. You, you get the thing over onto it. And they, they roll it onto your little support support thing. Uh, but uh, um, your, your little woven uh, thing of, of vines and whatnot uh, was not made of the sturdiest of vines that could be found. And it snaps, and the table falls a full, like, 20 feet, and just snaps across the root of a of a large tree that you're standing in. Sorry, what snaps? The table. Like, like down the middle? Yeah. No! Oh, well, it's gonna be easy to carry now. We'll get people eventually. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was thinking the only thing that, that changes, like... Sean, is now we're going to be lugging this table until we're like level six. That's that's the only thing that changes here. I was I was honestly thinking like, why don't we break the table and have someone fix it? <laughs> Clint is heavily bemused with the lot of you. I think we're bemused with ourselves. <laughs> I picture this whole thing very lighthearted. Like, we're all just joking around as we're fucking around with this goddamn table. It's a good bonding experience. Yes. Anyway, the table is snapped roughly in half. Brock would look uh, look down to the other side where everybody else is still in the courtyard. He would kind of give a shrug and he would go, well, I guess we have two tables now. Oh, that's actually totally what we're going to do is we're going to make two tables out of this. <laughs> That's like twice as much money, actually. <laughs> this is the best accident that could have happened. <laughs> yep. All right. So now we go about making some skis as we get ready to head out. Give me a craft carpentry check. Could I substitute craft sculpting because it's kind of similar? No, sculpting assumes sculpting materials. But what is a sculpting material? Stone, clay. You could make a wooden sculpture. That's called carpentry. <laughs> I just happen to think that my sculpture should look very much like a ski. Y'all are killing me. 
<laughs> Alright. Craft. Alright, 16 undrained. Alright. Uh, you're able to find a branch and kind of chop it a little bit into a rough ski. Alright. For now. It's probably not really very good. Mud and snow uh, do not quite work the same. Whatever. Her table is snapped in half. Can't get much worse than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we also have the chairs, right? Yeah, you already unloaded the chairs. Good. All right. Onwards and upwards. You get your two halves of a table hooked up to the cart. On skis? On shitty, shitty skis, yes. <laughs> I feel like a 16 does better than shitty, shitty skis. Low quality, maybe, but not shit. Do you want to be sitting here for five days making skis? No. I'm fine with then shitty skis. they're shitty skis. <laughs> Good bargain, guys. Good bargain. <laughs> They are roughly hewn with an axe you found in the keep. There. <laughs> you have broke-ass table. <laughs> we'll fix it. Mark my words, Sean. This table will be the centerpiece of our great hall. Yes, <laughs> I, want, I want to find a way to incorporate this table into beating the BBEG, whatever that may be. Don't know what it's going to be? I want to find a way to make this table how we win. And my, <laughs> my words, this isn't the last time we're going to rip something large and stupid out of a dungeon, let me tell you. <laughs> Obsidian doors, don't do that. At least you didn't try moving the goddamn statue. I wanted it. I wanted that. I briefly considered it, but then we talked about its size. And it was like, we're coming back yeah, for it. It, it, it kind of weighs something like 20-something tons, I think. Mm -hmm. That's going to be their goal now, Sean, is when they finally hit level 20, Mythic 10, they're going to come back here for that damn statue. No, that's a level 5 goal. Easy. Is it? <laughs> Easy. Sean, you're going to hate it when you get teleport. <laughs> teleport has a weight limit. Does it really? Yes. Hmm. Sean, you're really going to hate us when I get teleportation circle? Yeah, uh, well, works on creatures, not objects. What really? You don't know well, it works on it works on creatures and whatever those creatures can carry. Exactly. Yeah. And by the time we're it, level twenty, I'm I'm pretty sure we're gonna be able to pick up a freaking statue. And a large sized creature counts as what is it? Two or four creatures? Two medium creatures. Uh, they can. I think their scores for lifting are doubled. Yeah. So you know, we could get like two horses. And teleport those with the statue. Or just break it into little pieces and teleport them individually. Sound of flesh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a that's frightening. Actually, fine. I will get the, I will get the spell. Is it the the planar John or whatever it is that lets me go to other planes? I will get Tug. I will bring him back here. He can carry the goddamn stitch statue. Problem solved. Let's up. go on. Tug could only lift two tons. <laughs> could, an elephant, could an elephant carry the statue? Maybe. I don't know. 
How would we get an elephant? How would we get an elephant to the second story of a castle? Yeah. Oh I just God. found a new guys. I have my prestige <laughs> class planned out. Just don't even worry. I got this. I think the first major purchase I'm gonna make is like gonna be a belt of giant strength for Mozart. Why not just get him mule back cords? Has to be built of giant strength. He needs to defend himself too. Neat. And then when he becomes a bard, I'm gonna get him a um a guitar, and it's gonna have like plus five cords, like a bow. I'm sure Mozart will stick around for that. <laughs> Nothing bad will ever happen to Mozart. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Sean's gonna kill him out of spite within a session or two. <laughs> he's gonna kill him with two halves of a table. Is what he's gonna do. Lark, what's your AC? <laughs> Um, 12? No, 13. 13. Moving up in the world. Do I get hit by lightning? Yeah. <laughs> you take 5 damage. I can survive that. Really. Uh, you should be able to survive that pretty well now. Yeah. Did you, did you level up? That's what I'm doing right now, actually. Oh my god. That's why I was stalling. I have 10 hit points. I actually had to transfer some of the stuff from uh, Fantasy Grounds over to my uh, Mythweaver's character sheet. Well, we'll fold that into why the table broke. You were standing in the tree and lightning struck you. And that's when he leveled up and got a little bit stronger and more skilled. I learned a new perform skill. Leveling up doesn't take me very long though because I I have my entire character mapped out from one to twenty. Fair enough. All right, so the carts are stuffed to the brim. Your tables are your table bits are hitched. Clint points out that though there is more keep to explore, he thinks it will be of greater value to come back at a later date rather than continue to overstuff the carts and become a uh, better target for bandits. Why? We have two sleds now. Because he doesn't want to leave the precious historical artifacts out in the rain and mud. But we can put them in the sled. At least for right now, we have a bird in the hand. Let's not fucking kick the mimic to see what comes <laughs> out. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> Sean, Sean, hey Sean. Uh, Riley yeah. agrees with Clint. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, let's head on out. All right. So you set out uh, for the town of Thorn, the next stop on your journey. It's not horribly far away uh a slow day's travel it would it would put you at the long end of that but with your with your carts stuffed full of goods clint urges the group to push on and and you would arrive uh you would arrive to it by by the evening thorn is a relatively small town uh, in comparison to cities like uh, Stormbluff and Starlight, but it's sizable enough, being uh, 
being one of the only stops between the two. Uh, you uh, head up to the outer gate of the town. It is it is a walled town, so it's protected. And the guards stop you at the gate. Alt! You have broken the law. No. Um, oh, that was fast. <laughs> hey, Sean. Yes? If Adira could see they were coming up on the city where the guards are and stuff, she will put her uh, face in the crowd on so she blends in with these guys. All right. Doesn't stand out so much. Okay. I never got my hood back. <laughs> oh. I, I'm I'm sure throughout the day you can you can get it back. Leaf would give it back as soon as it was available. So once once y'all are done fucking with the table, I assume he would have it back. He would still be almost equally as awkward, but slightly less scrunched with it on and up. So the guards approach, uh, and they begin speaking with Clint. Uh, to which he explains uh, who you all are uh, and who he is and shows shows them some papers and they go through and they look in all the cart or in both of the carts and I suspiciously your fucking table slid slids uh. judging us for our tables god well I mean you're kind of tracking shit through we're working on a road. Jeez. Well, you get to you get into town, uh, and uh, go ahead and make me perception checks. Ooh, I love these. Rock solid nine. Leaf with a fifteen. Riley with an eleven. Forsyth also rolled a fifteen. Lark with a twenty-four. Okay, so everybody but Brock uh, and Chris would hear uh, one of the guards suggest an inn uh, to Clint for for the group, and that is the stacked dish inn. Oh, I think we're all following Clint, so... Alright. So, you're all led to the stacked dish where Clint will pay for each of you to have a room and a bath. Awesome. Cool. He says, uh, thank you very much for your help in these past few days. Uh, I've gotten each of you a room, uh, and they're drawing nice hot baths for you right now. I have a contact to make here in town, uh, so I'll be gone for about an hour, but I'll return shortly. Do you need any, uh, company for this little, uh, adventure, Clint? Uh, not in particular, it's just a, a friend of mine. Uh, if you need to do anything in town, please feel free. Uh, I think we'll stay here for a couple of days uh, before moving on. Allow us to rest and resupply for the, uh, for the rest of our journey. Sounds like a fair plan. I'm sure everyone can use a good little rest, a nice bath, and perhaps we can take upon the town come tomorrow. Sounds good. If you want to go ahead and have dinner uh, after or, or before your bath, if, if you so desire, I should be back, as I said, in about an hour. 
Well, I think it would be only kind and considerate to wait for your return, Clint. All right. Well, I'll see you then. Adios. And uh, he will leave out, uh, waving, uh, waving to the group. We're never going to see him again, are we? This is it. Well, I mean, the carts are in are in the uh, are like around the side of the inn, so uh, y'all got a lot of shit if he's never coming back. All right, Lark, you're a rogue, right? Yes. Hook us up. You know what to do. God damn. <laughs> um, but yeah, once Clint leaves, I think it's safe to say that uh, everyone deserves some probably well-needed downtime. With that, uh, you would all go up uh, to your rooms and, and enjoy a nice relaxing bath. And before too long, uh, Adira goes to meet with Leaf privately. She's just gonna knock on your door when she thinks nobody's looking. Okay, yeah, that's that's cool. You got, uh, he he kind of opens the door and he says, "Oh, uh, Adira, uh, please come in." And then he just kind of has Box stand by the closed door and play guard duty. Good guy. I love Box. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, um, she would look extremely nervous, uh, wringing her hands and such. She'd be like, okay, um, you have to promise me we're not going to talk about this. Because there are things I can do that the others don't know about. And I prefer to keep it that way. I see. But it might help uh, you. Does this have anything to do with your history with Abaddon? I think so. Um, my guess would be that... You know, normally when people die, their bodies are here. And it's like their soul or whatever that goes to the boneyard. Yes, yard there's and separation between to spiritual and material. But I was physically there. Um, this body, I was physically there in the boneyard in Abaddon. Um, and my guess is that had some effect on the material oh. of me. But I can connect in different ways to uh, people's energies. Uh, the, the common turn around here is psychic, psychic abilities or whatever. Some of them are, are more useful than others. Um, they're not always 100%. They get stronger the longer I'm in this plane. Are you sure uh, that, that's, that's safe? C connecting to my psychic energy with this being potentially uh, channeling its senses through me? I think that may be the best way to figure out what it is we're dealing with and if it's harmful. Uh, I, I would hate to use you as my guinea pig if it does turn out to be harmful, but uh, I'll hardly turn down help if, if you think you're capable of it. Just uh, promise to be careful. Um, I, I'm always careful with it. Um, I'm going to... I'm, I w I'd rather start with... Uh, things that uh, still put some distance between us. Um, 
touch is uncomfortable for me because of some of these abilities. Uh, so I'd like to leave that as a last resort. But um, maybe we can, I mean, I know a lot about the planes, so maybe we can at least figure out what kind of what kind of entity this is and from there whether it's dangerous okay, or not. Okay, I, I agree. How do we uh, be begin? Okay, so does this room have like any table and chairs or anything like that, or are we going to be sitting in the? Uh, it it would be relatively small, but you could. There would be a desk. Uh, there would be a chair, but so like one of you could sit on the bed and one of you could sit on the on the chair, and and have that space between you. Okay. And if you wanted, you could move the okay. desk around. It's not very big. Um, we probably don't need to rearrange all the furniture, so. So yeah, um, if you'll sit on the bed, and she will take the chair and put it down in front of him, like, okay, um, I'm going to stare at you for a few minutes. Uh, I'll try not to make you too uncomfortable, but I'm going to see if I can get a read on your aura. Uh, so, Leaf, um, if you want to, you can... Uh, aid her in her attempts uh, by basically trying to uh, steady yourself and 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 focus and just be as helpful as you think you can be. That's basically, his hope. Uh, is, is there a check associated with that? No, it's just yeah. Then he's, he's just to gonna you know steady his breaths and think inwardly, I suppose. He's an elf and a druid. He knows how to meditate. Yeah. So, uh, then, after a while of looking at him, uh, you would start to see uh, his emotional aura uh, and begin to pick it apart. Um, so, uh, obviously, because the immediate events prior to this haven't been exactly stated at this point of recording uh just in general i guess with within his calmed current state uh and the given topic um your yes uh if we could get your general emotional state and what do you think generally like your disposition towards adira and box since he's here okay um his his general emotional state at this point in time would definitely be anxious uh that whole overnight stay with all the ghosties was uh very distressing the fact that the whole place is basically the architectural equivalent of a guillotine hanging over his elven head and then you know the ultra racist ghost captain uh hunting him down and then him briefly communing with some sort of awful demon or spirit or, or something uh just rings all the wrong bells for him uh so definitely super anxious and that hasn't really faded even since they decided that they were leaving the castle said that, that tension the idea of this thing like lurking on the other side of his eyes and watching everything is uh kind of picking at him uh as far as his 
disposition for Adira. Uh, I, I think maybe he's a little intimidated by her. Uh, like, she's not necessarily the most forthcoming. Uh, and so he's doing his best to kind of extend that, that branch of friendship, but he's not sure how to do so without potentially offending her or, you know, someone like Foresight. Uh, and, you know, sometimes she comes off as a little gruff. And so uh, he, he's maybe not as comfortable with her in, in that kind of like uh, cowed and intimidated sense. And then um, finally, Box is super similar to how one would think about whenever they thought think about their most cherished childhood pet. It's, you know, maybe not a, a companion that you can have conversations with, but, you know, someone who has, has been there for you through and through all the years unquestioningly, you know, and, and with the best intentions and the fact that he's simple might even make it more endearing. And so, uh, you know, just that kind of like cherished familial love is uh, his general disposition of that. Although, you know, everything is, is a little soured by his current mind state of, of that uh, pretty heavy anxiety. Okay. So um going to take a moment because I always forget what they are because there's a million things to remember. So does she pick up on all that? Yes, she picks up on all of that. Uh, and she would definitely see that. Um, and they... God damn it, stop jumping around. She would... You'd see a moment of struggle in her eyes. She's She has a hard time talking to people. But she would look at you and tell you... I don't, I don't mean to hold so much back. It's really hard. Most people, when they meet me because of the way I look, they assume I'm undead or some other kind of monster. They, they think I'm a freak. So I'm reserved around people. So, um, looking at Leaf, um, he has the emotional aura, um, that every, everybody has this sort of, like, mixing, mixing of colors and shapes, and everybody's a little bit different, uh, but they're, what you're pulling this from, you're definitely pulling this out of their, like, shocks of, of gray, uh, that, that really, uh, highlight his anxiety. I can, uh, I can try to be more open with you from now on if it will, if it'll make you feel better. Like he's, he's sitting there with his eyes closed because he, you know, figures he's trying not to distract you and kind of think Edwardly. So he, he just kind of like peeks with his one eye and, uh, I, I think I'd like that. Uh, I, I, I know everyone has their own concerns and issues that they carry with them. But I've broke bread with uh, people of all stripes, and you're certainly welcome at my table. Uh, I will do my best to keep that in mind. This is the whole idea of uh, 
of having friends and being close to people is new to me. Box! Box is awesome. No, no, no. Fuck, that from the door. It's the, it's the one word he knows. Fuck! Box is awesome, though. Like, Adira actually just adores Box because he's childlike and she loves children so much. <laughs> like, that's like her favorite person, is Box. Well, you're more than welcome to spoil him with more assorted things he can choke on. <laughs> well, thankfully, he doesn't have a humanoid digestive tract, so he can't really choke. Or a trachea, for that matter. Right. This is a mouth. It's solely there for gesticulation and biting. So yeah, she's still staring at him. I don't know which one you want to move into. Uh, let's, I guess, just go down the list, because the only one that's, like, touchy is okay. the last one. Okay. Automatic writing is next. Um, you don't have enough to do as per divination, so it will be as augury. Um, what is the question that you would like to ask? What would be, um appropriate to like um is this entity going to hurt him okay the, then we, we will go with that so she will pull out her book and her pen and she'll put the pen on the paper and she will just kind of close her eyes and concentrate on her breathing and go into a, like a meditative state and then just let the pen start moving Okay. So you do this for quite some time. Uh, but uh, despite the time taken and you feeling as if uh, you've made some as if something has been uh, channeling through you, you're left without an answer. Well, that didn't tell me anything she'll put that away uh you would know that the augury itself failed right all right well uh moving on next step um you know what let's uh are you comfortable with me trying a little bit of hypnotism you may remember uh, details about this creature that you're not conscious of. Uh, I, I'm open to anything. I can't particularly promise that it, it might affect me. However, uh, I've been shown to be resistant to such things in the past. Well, we can attempt it. And uh, see if it brings anything to your mind that you didn't remember previously okay so go ahead what you can do now is you can attempt uh leaf you can attempt a knowledge check uh um with a plus four bonus okay uh right. and the generic knowledge uh it would be you can choose Dungeoneering, planes, or religion. Uh, any one of the three. Uh, I think of the three, he'd probably be more uh, well-versed in religion. And you said that was at a plus four bonus? Yes. Seven. 
Okay, so that's a 14. Even with this hypnotization and the delving into of your memories, uh, you don't really feel any better versed in what Taraxis is. I have, like, my, my general memory of, like, his physical description and whatnot. Yeah, like, your memories are still there, but, like, reaching back to, like, try and see if you had re read anything or mm -hmm. uh, just see if there was anything at all from your past that maybe you had forgotten about. Uh, you didn't find anything uh, useful in your memories. However, I would like you to make me a perception check. Uh-oh. That's also a 14. Delving in your dreams. It seems like while you're poking around in your own memories uh, with Adira's help, every once in a while you seem to catch his form just out of sight. You, of course, in your memories you're not reacting to him at all, but uh, it, it's, it's strange because you don't recall ever seeing him before that. Uh, you, you can't put your finger on why he would he would be in your memories. Maybe it is just the ephemerality or the ephemeralness of memories that uh, that is causing him to appear, but it's unsettling at the least. I mean, it, the how it's making sense in his head is like if the guy can see what he sees that should, that might extend to like his memories you know he's he's if he's there in his own mind peering at these memories it makes sense that Taraxis might be able to see it as well and it's also very very disturbing because that kind of stuff is sacred in uh, a personal sense so um, his, his breathing might pick up noticeably uh, while sitting on the edge of the bed so, Taraxis' presence in your memories uh, disturbs you. Uh, and Adira, you would, you would notice that in his hypnotized state, he is not very comfortable looking. He looks very stressed and strained. I'm, I'm assuming that, that Leaf wears druid's robes or something like that. He's got some like hand tailored clothes. So like his yeah. shoulder is covered. So she would reach out and put his hand on his shoulder and kind of bring him out of it. Right. Um, are you okay? He he's uh he's in my memories too. <sighs> I, I think back to times on the road or eating dinner with people that I've helped in the past and He's just lurking in the background. That wasn't a thing before. Well, depending on what he is, he could have been watching you for some time, or he could just be inserting himself in where he wants. But having access to those parts of me, that's disturbing, to say the least. Adira, go ahead and roll me a uh, planes check at this point. Okay, I rolled a 17. What is my planes? Plus 8. So, you would be thinking about everything Leaf's told you about him, and, and what's been happening, and the issues you've been having. And you're sure that whatever this 
being is it's it's got to be if not extremely powerful in like a strength or destructive sense it's it's certainly powerful to have such uh, control over one of a few things it either has a powerful control over the mind the uh the spirit or um it's perhaps able to as some of the stranger creatures of the many planes can uh travel through time okay do i have any idea though like based on his description of it or anything any kind of role to try to determine what it might be uh, with that role that you made, no. No, okay. Now, with with that, um, so far, all of your psychic abilities have either been very minimally invasive or uh, sort of simply aiding him. Uh, but now, uh, you are left with yeah. one ability that you know how to use. Yeah, okay. <sighs> goodness okay leaf there's one more thing i can try and on the surface it seems simple enough i'm i'm sure you've heard of people who read palms before yes but uh here's the issue sometimes when i come into actual physical contact with somebody Something strange happens. Um, like, I can always feel the force there, but sometimes it connects. I don't know if it's a connection of the auras of the souls or whatever. And uh, I try to avoid it a lot of times because when it happens, I see things. Um, and I have no control over what it is I see. Um, I could I could try to direct my energies to see what happened between you and this creature, but I might just as just as easily see something from your past, or even from your future, or, or something of that nature. So it's uh, it always feels invasive to me because people. You know, things people might not regularly share might come up. So I don't want to do that without your permission. Uh, I, I can't say I have much to hide. Uh, if it could help us in our present, prevent this uh, this deal that I've made from uh, potentially harming someone, then uh, I'm, I'm willing. Um, the other thing you should know and might should brace yourself for is... The same thing is likely to happen to you. If if the contact works while I'm seeing whatever I'm seeing about you, you're probably going to see or feel something coming from me. And my time, my past is not pleasant. If you're comfortable with it, then uh, I shall endure. Okay. Then, uh, I suppose we will try this, and she will hold her hand out to you. Uh, he kind of tries to mimic your gesture. All right, she's going to take his hand, Sean. All right. 
So this takes you 10 minutes to do beginning to end. And uh, you're not feeling extremely secure for most of it uh, due to the sort of like embedded transference uh, that you you are afraid of uh, not going off immediately. As time goes on, you're reading through his palms and and feeling the psychic energy flow around you and through him and back and forth, uh, linking the two of you. In the eighth minute of your reading, uh, you will you will gain a sudden flash, uh, and, and this is this is your uh, psychometric connection uh, with Leaf. And uh, Leaf, you will gain a flash as well. Uh, we'll do Adira first. So, Adira, while you're while you're doing this, um, you gain a flash. You see a lightly tinted forest, green leaves, and the warm sun. You see a small trent, even smaller than box, probably only about four feet tall and a fair bit twiggier running along alongside you your laughter and you feel happy and at home you run along and while playing burst through some bushes and you see a man and a woman one uh, holding a pair of young elven girls the other holding an elven curved blade. At the man's knees uh, is a severely beaten uh, half-elf. You can't really make out the words as this flash of insight begins to fade, but you feel fear and you feel confusion uh, as the older male elf, uh, whom you feel a connection to, brings his sword down on this half-elf and and then the vision fades away leaf yes uh you would be aware uh that this memory uh has has slipped out um something from a relatively early time in your life uh something that you yourself possibly didn't remember would i have recognized the uh half-elf boy no, this this was this was a grown half elf. Uh, gotcha. Uh, by all means, he was it was not um, someone you were particularly familiar with. Okay. Uh, yeah. After having uh, recognized uh, the the context of, of that memory being dredged up, he just kind of has the same expression painted on his face as, as someone who might have. Uh, just had to take a spoonful of cough medicine and isn't particularly happy with the situation. Just kind of like a deep-seated frown. Uh, disappointment and disgust. And at the same time, you had also gained a flash of, of memories. These ones more broken. And certainly filled with a lot more intense emotion, mostly fear. 
several broken scenes of a barren landscape. A dull orange light of an eclipsed sun bearing down over the black ashen nowhere that is Abaddon. The occasional scream that sets an immediate panic. You're running through, running for your life, running for your very existence. The sounds of wings and demonic chattering, truly terrifying. But you also gain the occasional glimpse of a memory shrouded in a strangely warm light. A desert land uh, you would recognize as Helios, but it looks different somehow. Nowhere in particular that you can recognize. A beautiful, huge palisade complex coated in gold and, and gems. Walking forward into a dark chamber down below. A massive shadow with eyes that are the only truly discernible part of its body. They're red and orange with square pupils that spiral outward towards the end. And just as with her uh, vision into your memory, the words are muddled, twisted. You can't quite understand them. But you feel a sudden sense of confusion, fear, and pain, and then everything goes black and you return uh, to being you. Adira, this would this memory would be immediately brought back to your attention as well. And it's one that you couldn't remember of the Queens. It was it was very painful. And it had the demonic entity. You know that, that was that was the daemon she dealt with. But you don't remember that pain, that moment of confusion and fear. Something that the Queen herself you don't think had ever felt up until that moment in such great measure. She is just going to take a few deep breaths and try to steady herself and finish the palm reading. So you go through the palm reading, studying yourself. You determine several things. Uh, Leaf, do you happen to remember off the top of your head what your exact loyalties are? I remember like... There they're, they're on my sheet on the bio and info page. It's a um, good family and nature in that order. So um, you would be able to tell that Leaf truly down to his core wants what's best for everybody. He wants the world to be in a good place for, for evil to just not be an issue for things like poverty and hunger uh, to be eradicated. He want, he believes in the bonds that, that family bring, not necessarily the bonds of biological family, but perhaps more of a family that forms naturally is chosen. And he loves nature and believes that it shouldn't be impeded on too greatly uh one of the few things he has in common with uh with some people he's not connected to anymore is uh perhaps a distaste for a large bulk of solaria uh 
due to its heavily industrialized uh, swaths of land with relatively very little nature kept within. But I think he sees the good in people and that that can be changed and mended and fixed. I think she would relax a little at that point. But wait, there's more. Yeah, but just knowing that that he's truly good down to the core, you know, I think that would make her relax. This is not somebody who wants to hurt her. You do gain an insight into um, what he's done, basically, for most of his life. He is in tune with nature. He is in tune with Box. He grew Box from a tiny little uh, acorn and, and tended him until he could walk and, and has played with him and grown with him. Uh, and you do determine that he is a druid uh, through and through. She would kind of smile at him at that point um, and be like, I, I didn't, didn't understand that. Box is like your son. The soured expression from earlier hasn't faded one bit. Uh, but he, he, he does kind of break his focus for a second and uh, he says yes uh, he's the closest thing to family I, I have these days Thon accepted I suppose I, I I suppose it just never occurred to me but he is a person so I, it makes sense I just I didn't make the connection before he's more than that in a sense uh I, I might be able to go into more depth uh, about what exactly Box is, uh, but he, he's, he's a collection of things, to put it vaguely, I suppose. It's good that he's with you. What, whatever we're dealing with, I'm, I'm sure you will find it easier having somebody that you care about so much, knowing that they're standing there counting on you. A pure spirit like his doesn't deserve to deal with burdens like these. But uh, the sentiment is uh, welcome all the same. You would also know... I think I think the way that that I think this, this would work is you would also know... Um, Leaf, if I'm not mistaken, because uh, I went back over your thing, uh, you learn your particular brand of druidry from your grandmother, correct? Or am I fabricating things in my mind? I, I <laughs> that that might be a fabrication. I don't I don't think there was really mention of a, a grandmother. Oh, it, okay. Here it is. My mother. I, I just added grand on for some reason. Yeah, but but yeah, it was, it was kind of like a an effort of the conclave or the enclave to get people uh, trained in the druidic arts. Uh, but she was like a huge influence, and I guess a, a primary. Uh, instructor in, in that manner. You would know that his connection to his mother is where his training for a lot of uh, his druidic capabilities came from. But also, just with time, his own understanding came out and, and helped to shape it even further. He's also, just in general, been very broad as a person he's been he's tried a little bit of everything he's got a wide wealth of knowledge uh that's broken in in a lot of spots but 
you can you could ask him just about any question and there's a chance he knows the answer uh he knows many crafts uh technically um i mean he knows many professions uh he's been a butcher he's been a a tailor a carpenter uh uh just about anything you can think of any mundane job that you could jack of all trades yes he is a jack of all trades uh you're so much better being succinct (laughs) this is why this is why we get along you're an overly nice person i like to strangle people you're really good at explaining things i try to make them very succinct when you put us together we make a reasonable person um another thing you would determine is that uh he's roughly as powerful um as you uh basically you you know that he's level two all right and so because you also got that you also get another chance at auger and that one will as an augury succeed just barely um so this one uh i think i'm going to kind of hijack uh because it's it's more about just a general uh prediction of their fortunes you read his fortune and you can see minute flashes um you gain a combination of weal and woe, so there's going to be good, there's going to be bad. Uh, but you you gain a few quick flash visions, only maybe a second each. There's the city of starlight in the distance. There's a celebration. Uh, you would assume the year's end celebration, and. What for a moment seems like a crack of lightning, but it begins to grow wider and open. And this small flash vision begins to drag on as you... I think it would jolt you back in your seat and and your eyes would be open wide, but all you can see is this... what looks like a crack of lightning, a bolt of lightning opening up wider and wider in the sky. But a creature that you've never seen before tall and thin with a cowl pulled over its face walks into the path of your vision it pulls down its cowl showing an eyeless exoskeletal face a wide disturbing smile filled with sharp teeth it smiles at you leans down It raises a skeletal-looking hand and pushes your head back. Uh, The vision ends, but the chair that you're sitting in tips over backwards and you fall to the ground. Uh, Leaf, uh, you would have been watching her as this happened, which took only a split second for you, but she suddenly shot back, and then without any effort on her part, uh, the her body and the chair she was sitting in uh, slowly tipped backwards. And she fell. Uh, at this point, Adira, you're like you're out of it. You like you you you're out of the vision. 
Yeah, so if, if she, like, tips and hits the ground, he's immediately gonna, like, hit, if, I guess, if I'm capable of it, given, like, the whole hypnosis-style thing, but he would try and Oh, that's done over and... with. Oh, okay, then he, he would jump up and, and try and help her up to the best of his ability. Leaf. Something... Something very strange is gonna happen in Starlight. Strange can mean many things. I, I take it you don't mean in a positive sense. I saw... I saw the sky split open and, and this strange creature coming towards... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it has anything to, to do with this being that's watching you, but it, but something is going to happen when we get to... So you didn't, you didn't see him? Uh, the man in the hood with all the teeth. It wasn't the same thing, was it? It was. It was? Yes, it was Taraxus. Okay. Yeah, um, he's there, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's responsible for the sky. So then, my, uh... He's the one that knocked you over. Oh. I don't know if you, you change your stance on that after hearing that. Maybe. Maybe he didn't want me to see. Maybe he knocked me out of the vision because he didn't want me to see what's coming. Uh, I can't help but uh, feel worried about that uh, sense of impending doom. I have seen so many weird things. I've never, I've never seen anything like that before. But I get the definite feeling that it's not something that can be avoided. So I suppose we just prepare as best we can in the meantime. I I know we're going to be reaching Starlight during the times of celebration, but I would I would say just please stay on your guard. Just just kind of nod vigorously, dead serious. Well, hey, uh, thank you. I I know this was a big risk. Uh, I suppose I'm, I'm glad that uh, the worst that came of it was a, a tipping chair. But uh, I think maybe in the future uh, we should be more careful. Uh, especially now that he's aware that we're looking. Uh, Dira, please make me a perception check. Okay. Um, so I rolled a six. What is my perception? <laughs> my perception is two. Because it is not a class skill for me. All right. Um, Leaf, go ahead and roll one, two. Okay. You said perception, right? Yes. Bam! That's a 12. All right. So, Leaf, as you're helping Adira up, uh, you would notice in the small mirror near the wash uh, basin uh, you would you would see in part of the reflection uh, you would see Taraxis, uh reflected behind where Adira is smiling uh, his big wide creepy grin uh, you see him for only a moment before he seems to step out of the frame of the mirror and vanish as you go to look back to where he was standing in the room, he is not present. 
I, I suppose I keep that detail to myself to avoid worrying Adira any further. She does not seem to have noticed. Yeah. Yeah, um, just just do me a favor. When we get to Starlight, try try to keep somebody with you. Don't don't wander off by yourself. Okay. I can do that. Cause I don't I I don't understand what exactly is gonna happen, but I'd rather you have not be alone when it happens. Well, uh we're more informed than when we started, and that's a step in the right direction. Maybe when we get to the city, we can make use of the libraries and such there and try to find out something about this creature. That's a good point. Uh, I'm sure uh, perhaps we can ask Clint and uh, he, he might have some some people he can refer us to. Surely as a historian, he knows the academics of the city. But Do you I have hear to... side quest? <laughs> just 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 don't be by yourself don't don't I, whatever it is I don't want you facing it alone like it, it just uh for for the first time since like the whole seance ritual whatever you want to call it happened is, is kind of like frown breaks for a second uh, and, uh he just kind of looks at you and he says I, I think I can be trusted uh to to stay in, in good company without the aid of uh, a rope harness <laughs> well, that's good. Um, I just don't don't want him to get lost. Um, it's it's a messed up situation because I am the last person on the earth that should be guiding anybody anywhere because I don't know this world well. But for some reason. Well, I don't think you're doing a bad job. You seem to have led him into quite good company. Well, you don't really get a choice when Riley walks in the room. Um, he just kind of decides everybody's going to have a grand adventure, and you go along for the ride. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, I've been trying to think of ways that I can and you know he's he's obviously changing the subject. I've uh, been trying to think of of ways to, uh, I, I guess, help commemorate our uh, adventures in in a sense. And uh, he just kind of like reaches into like one of his pouches, like on his hip, and he's he's got basically the equivalent of like a little medallion or like a little amulet about the size of like, you know, a little bigger than like a dollar coin or something. And it just like a little slice of wood hand carved and he's he's got one that's like you know a, a wagon with like some kind of food emblem on the side like a hot dog or something and it just says like uh rm you know food truck on the bottom but then he kind of like flips it around and there's a second one on the little string and the other one uh and he, he kind of like holds it out to you and he says what, what do you think of uh this one to represent our, our time spent in the castle and it's just like a hand that's gripping a dagger but it's missing a pinky <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that that's awesome he may not see the humor in it quite yet but that is that 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 is spot on uh i'm, I'm glad you like it i'm not uh the greatest artist but i'm trying <laughs> 
I'm gonna laugh so hard if he actually loses the pinky before <laughs> this before this happens. Well, then he can just whittle it away. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to have like a little uh, detachable Mr. Potato Head style pinky finger that <laughs> <laughs> that can be attached and reattached as he gains and loses fingers. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, he, he seems like uh, maybe a little bit of the stress has, has uh, left his shoulders after kind of breaking the ice that way. Uh, thank you, Adira. This this meant uh, meant a lot. Yeah. Um, if you want to try again at some point, it it usually takes about a week or so. So we can do that. And uh, in the meantime, once we get paid come see me uh i want to give you some money for the church he just kind of smiles and uh you know i i think i'd like that thank you thon would appreciate it as well well they uh they took care of me and they take care of so many others and i know they need more than just lumber so well it was my hope in coming to storm bluff that i, I could help them rebuild and I'd say uh, we're a lot closer to that goal than when we started. So uh, I'm I'm thankful for your participation in that. And uh, wing by box a new toy too, something that he doesn't get tangled in. Box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leaf, while while you're thinking about your half brother, uh, go ahead and give me a knowledge religion check. As the latent psychic energies are of you delving through your memories may have dredged something else up. 16 knowledge religion. Alright, so you remember when he pulled out like his many holy symbols. There was there were a couple you didn't recognize. Uh like quite like they were kind of uncommon. And you remember seeing one uh, that uh, that caught your eye, but but the conversation had caused you to quickly dismiss it. Um, it was a small, simple carving of a rabbit uh, that kind of transitioned into a plant. That kind of like wrapped around on itself, uh, like snake eating itself style. Mm -hmm. And you remember now that one of the things before he left was that he had uh, he had found a small religion that he had agreed with. Um, but you couldn't at the time remember what it was called. It was it's it's fairly uncommon. Uh, in a small religion. But you recall that he worships uh, Galandra. She's she's a, a deity of life and, and birth and existence. Uh, you don't you don't know too much about her, uh, but uh, her followers, one thing you do know is that her followers basically attribute her with all all life here on Soluna. Okay. 
that kind of caught your memory too because you remember that carving and thinking when you were a child how how nice it was and that that might have actually been one of the first times you thought about carving wood as opposed to the more traditional greenkeeper way of uh, weaving wood uh, while it's still alive to make things. I see. Interesting. I'll, I'll have to bring that up to him the next time I see him. My backstory is a garden man. Dig it. <laughs> um, after a second, Adira's going to hesitate and she's going to turn around. Leaf, can I, can I ask you something that I think, as an elf, you're probably better suited to answer than anybody else I know? By all means. You lived for a really long time. He just kind of, uh, the, the statement standing by itself obviously amuses him to a certain extent, so he gets like a little smirk, and you can see him like counting off on his fingers, and uh, he says, by my count... Uh, 144 years and growing. But you'll live for... What? At least another couple of centuries, possibly more. Seems to be that way. Hopefully. So, I'm assuming that that means you watch a lot of other people pass on throughout the years. And that you you could not have phrased that sentence any better to completely and utterly like sunder him as a person like that his his smirk falls off of his face as if like suddenly there was a weight attached to it and uh he, he just says yes i have Part of the reason I am so afraid to get close to people is um, I have an understanding that unless something violent happens to me, I will never die. I don't know. I don't know how to deal, how to cope with that. I I was never born. I never grew up. I, the concept of being close to people and losing them, I don't I don't know how to deal with that. How do you do it? It's uh it's been my experience that the loss of someone doesn't reduce the value of the time that you've spent with them. And so it's it's my decision that I've made over the years to find the people that I cherish the most and especially those that may not have as much time left as, as I might and ensure that they live the best life that they can. Uh, that's, that's part of my reason for traveling all of this time. So there are unfortunate people out there, good people that are suffering and struggling and I, I'd hope to help them and, I'd hoped in coming to Stormbluff to do the same for Thon's flock. And so you can find 
some comfort in knowing their life was better because you were there. To know that their time wasn't wasted scrabbling for scraps of bread that they could spend time with people that they love do things that they enjoy and, and not have to worry or fear that's that's what i do that's what i hope that makes sense i'm i'm still trying to learn what kind of person i am but that seems a a reasonable approach to things it uh it's gotten me through many a dark hour and uh i'm more than happy uh to help guide you through those moments as well thank you as i guess it's been a concern since we got to the keep there was there were several times that i wondered if we wouldn't lose somebody uh, how how old does Adira look just on the surface? She looks like she's about a 25-year-old human, except for the obvious changes for being Shabti and the warlock. Right, so uh, I, I, he just kind of like looks her over briefly and he says, but uh, I, you, you look so young, uh, but you speak like you carry the weight of many years. Can I ask, uh, how, how long have you been uh, in this state I really don't know I don't know hold, hold, hold up hold up Adira given given the flashbacks and the psychic energy go ahead and give me a wisdom check ooh I might get to learn something probably not because I get plus zero to this roll I rolled a 15 that is what you needed you feel with the psychic energy uh with you gaining back a memory and the flashes of abaddon uh you gained something from that exchange that leaf could not have comprehended and that was a length you feel like it's been a very very long time all right you you felt feel like the sun itself is different the moon is different the land and i mean leave told you he's 144 right and she had sun concept that it was probably a long time ago anyway as lark being from helios didn't know the place she was from so. But you you gain sort of a concept, uh, a feeling that it's been at at the very least over a thousand years. Okay, then she'd be like, um, I don't know for sure because I don't know for certain when the queen passed. But uh... sorry, did she say the queen's passed? When the queen, whose memories I have, when she died, um, when she passed away is when I was born. Um, and I don't know exactly when that is, but uh, the longer I'm here, the more I remember, the more it seems like we are talking about ancient history. So I was probably in Abaddon 
a thousand years or more? I'm I'm sorry. Uh so you're reincarnated? Not really. Um, you know what a construct is? To an extent. Uh, you could say that Box is a sort of construct. To a uh, Shabti are not much... I mean, we're different, but it's the easiest way to explain it. We are... Basically, we are nothing but a golden statue that has some magic cast upon it and when it works correctly the person who created us when they die um, they become immortal in a way because they they take their soul goes into the statue and they continue living in it and they go on forever um, but something went wrong I don't know if it was the magic or if it ritual wasn't done right or whatever so when she died i came into existence i hold some of her memories not all of them but uh i know a bit about her but uh it's like her transgressions were transferred to me so i paid the price for the life she lived and her soul was clean and sent back to the river of life. I'm sorry, you have to carry that burden. And um, I'm doing my best to become a, my own person, separate from her. And at times it is difficult because my only memories that are mine are from Abaddon because there was no existence for me before that but I will never age so I will not die unless something kills me in some way um, so yeah it's a it's a strange sort of existence Well, we, uh, we at least have uh, a, a good number of years ahead of us where those shouldn't be concerns. I'd hope uh, this incident. I hope so. If we can, if we can stay out of murder castles, that would be great. Well, uh, we we've managed to stumble our way through one, so uh, our expertise in that area is certainly growing. Well, and we have our fearless leader to uh, protect us all, so I guess that helps. Uh, oh god, of, of Riley Morheim's such and such? Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what we are this week. I'm sure he'll tell us over dinner. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, it's good to know that there is somebody that can kind of understand and can help me if the worst should come. Burden's much easier to carry when uh, one shares it. So I, I hope I can lighten your load. But uh, 
you don't mind, thank you for answering, but I don't, I'm not sure I want to talk about death anymore, considering what I've seen coming. <laughs> well, I'll try and give you something to look forward to for breakfast tomorrow. Uh, that We would all starve to death if it were not for you. <laughs> There's always twigs and berries as a substitute. Perhaps when we're well, before we leave uh, town, we should stock up on some supplies for you. That's an excellent idea. And uh, just start taking notes as far as what I should purchase. Get myself a nice grocery list. <laughs> well, uh, have a good night, Adira. You too, Leaf. Thank you. Get out a box with a pillow. So Adira and Leaf uh, complete their little uh, interaction. Don't put it like that. People are going to ask questions. We have a discussion. <laughs> uh, a very deep discussion. Oh no. Sean. <laughs> Sean. What? I'm going to insert it I in there. So there won't be any questions. I know. You could say it was a discussion with penetrating questions. <laughs> See, I can't get on to him. So, ah, innuendo. Well, I'm I'm just Wait, gonna say that Adira, by by the end of it, Adira was not left standing. I'm sorry. Who can't you get on? <laughs> I quit. <laughs> uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> Alright, guys, leave it alone. Let's go. <laughs> that pun wasn't even that good, but it's killing you somehow. <laughs> wow. I think I've said it before. Yes. It doesn't. I think we should all know it doesn't take much to get Sean going. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. I want to thank our patrons, Tim Demuse, Brian Rafe, and Donald Bewley. You guys are awesome for supporting us month after month and for just being awesome people and helping us out. If you'd like to help support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. Eterna is part of an Eldritch Dream Games. And here's a little announcement for you. We're working on another podcast coming in the near future. This podcast will be known as Dustress, and Tracy, the player of Adira, will be the one GMing it. Keep an eye out soon for a new Twitter to follow for Dustress, and keep on being awesome. We hope you'll like it. If you check the episode description, you'll find Twitter handles to a bunch of people that we're friends with. They run podcasts, YouTube channels, do character art, all sorts of stuff. So go down there and check them out and give them a follow on Twitter. All of our friends there are with us in the Hive. That's our Discord, which you can also find a link to in the description. And we would love to have any and all of you come join us in the Hive as well. Once again, everybody, thank you so much for listening. And I want to apologize again for my audio quality in this episode and the next two. But we'll get right back on track after that. Thank you again, and we hope to see you next week.